tee off, you, you intimated at the um, social, uh, psychological impacts and, uh, you know, as well, too, um, of, of this, these negative portrayals and this negative branding. I'm kind of interested in that part of the discussion, too, because, you know, in, in doing my research, I found that this negative portrayal of us in the media has psychological impacts on us, which I think then could contribute to that cyclical consumption where you see yourself portrayed or people like you portrayed in a negative light, which lowers your self-esteem and, and changes the way you think about yourself at, with that programming. And so that programming then also has other, other impacts, which, uh, you know, which I've, I've learned um, impact our communities. And, and speaking to, you know, in terms of Black women who are, let's say, over-sexualized, as we mentioned in, in our hip-hop media and other forms of media, uh, we know that, you know, one in five Black women um, will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime, or um, as many as six in 10 Black women report being subjected to coercive sexual contact by age 18. That Black women who report those crime, those sexualized crimes against them uh, are often not believed as much as, let's say, their white counterparts. And so th there's the disproportionate amount of, uh, of what I believe are the results of that over-sexualization in our communities. And we know that the, the portrayals of Black men as being criminals and brutes and thugs, it appears that there's probably a correlation between the increased incarceration of the Black men and Black people, period, um, as a result. So there are socioeconomic impacts to the portrayals as well. It's not just um, you know, just our feelings, but it impacts us in terms of people being criminally prosecuted, um, how they are treated when they are prosecuted, you know, longer, uh, more severe penalties and so forth. What are your thoughts on those sort of real world impacts of the branding of people of color? Darquan, you touched on that um, when you talked about programming. Listen, there is a a real <laughs> scientific aspect to this. You know, many of us have heard of NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. One of the mm -hmm. top um, techniques of NLP is imagery training. Imagery training talks about mental, the mental rehearsal of visualization. So when you talk about young people having imagery that is fed to them through the media and media being either music or sitcoms or movies or even literature. That is programming our youth to think that this is what's celebrated or this is what makes me fearless or this is what makes me respected in my community. So it, 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 there's so much I want to unpack, but I'll start by saying the idea that, you know, and, and tee off, pun intended, teed off on this when we talked about programming, it's deeper than just us saying, oh man, this is happening where people of color are being fed negative imagery or people of color are fitting in these in these typical stereotypes or, or portrayed in these stereotypes it's it's the programming that's happening on the neurolinguistic level that i'm i'm particularly interested in and passionate about i know what certain imagery does on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to me which is why i don't even watch i'm not even talking about negative um, portrayal of black black and brown people i'm talking about violence I don't watch certain programs. I don't watch um, the news. <laughs> I don't even want to hear negative things happening in the community because I know what that does to my psyche. So I have to protect that, right? So anyway, I'll 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 leave it there. But I, I I think programming is important and imagery is important to ensure that we're protecting not just our children. People talk about oh, protect your kid, protect yourself as an adult. 
that's important. During this pandemic, there was so much uh, news on practically like the world is ending. And I was very deliberate about ensuring that the imagery training, which is a technique in NLP, I was very careful to ensure that that was not going to be me. So I could count on one hand how many times over the past two years during this pandemic, I've watched news footage on the COVID-19. But I don't want to go off tangentially, though we do that here. So that that's just my thoughts um, off the bat, Dark One. Those, those are great points. And, you know, it led me to realize that I unconsciously have a similar process. And I just never realized it was linked to, what's what's the term you use? Neuro-linguistic programming? That's exactly right. NLP. Yeah. NLP. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just sensed it and was like, you know what, I need to consume things that give me positive energy and not consume things that drain my energy or make me feel bad. I just didn't realize that there was a field built around that. And we'll definitely uh, look into that more. That's great. Thank you for teaching me that. Ildris, do you have any thoughts on the impacts of neuro-linguistic programming? <laughs> well, not on um, NLP, but I definitely agree with with Luna's take on, especially um, since COVID has started, kind of just being very deliberate about what I'm intaking and how what I'm intaking makes me feel. Um, as far as the portrayal of, I'll speak specifically to myself as a as a black man, it's difficult. It's difficult because I don't want to pedestalize myself, but I feel like I have the ability to separate um, what's entertaining and what's real or what something I should use as a guide to on how to present myself or live my life. I would be very interested to see in what subconscious ways what I intake as far as as far as music, as far as uh, television, as far as movies, because I'm a big action movie fan, and there is a lot of uh, you know toxic masculinity in action movies. So I would be interested to see how those things affect me on a on a subconscious level. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm you know I I know that the stuff that I watch impacts me because it's, I'm so purposeful about my diet. You know, I, I watch a lot of films about heroism and because you know, I want to be driven, you know, I, I, I hang on to those phrases and they, and they become a part of me. So I, I would, I would assume that pretty much anything you consume becomes a part of your psyche as well. Those are great points. So I, I'm in thinking about, you know, we've had a good amount of discussion about how we got to where we are, um, what some of these influences are. And my thought is, so we, we kind of know that we have an issue to be dealt with. And I'm just wondering, as people of color, you know, we, we talked about how we consume, you know, we, we are consumers of some of this poison and just wondering how we change that, uh, that behavior of consuming things that we know are negative for us. And then also wondering how we address how we begin to rebrand ourselves on a global level, really, because I think whatever we are depicted as here in America is how the rest of the world sees us, uh, especially uh, Black people. So just wondering about what are your thoughts on, and, and really all people of color, the, our responsibility to be dedicated to rebranding ourselves, you know, and, and if, you, if you think we are the ones that are really responsible for starting that, you know, what key areas do you think we need to address? I go back to the monolith comment from T off. And, and, and here's the thing, Darquan, and I, I hope I don't offend any of our listeners, but I am just <laughs> not 
into the, what I call, actually, I, I didn't coin it. it. The phrase is the Chitlin circuit plays. Like I'm just, mama, I want to sing, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just not into those, uh, those plays. And I, I was really passionate about not being, yeah, I was never into that either. <laughs> you either tee off. Right. No, so I'm like, I, I've just, I've never Thank been you. into it. And I remember I was speaking to someone who I thought shared the same views. And I was like, yeah, you know, this Tyler Perry's, um, uh, and shout out to Tyler Perry. We, we, we get it right. If you happen to be listening, <laughs> we get your, your prominence and, and, and the magnificent, uh, contribution you've made to the to the community in employing people of color. What my what my rub is is when I I I don't want personally to see a man dressed up as a woman. Um, I just that doesn't do it for me, entertainment wise. But as I was speaking to this person, she said to me, "Well, you know, Luna. At the end of the day, there not everyone is going to be interested in a." Um, more cerebral context type program. They they may be interested in things that you consider lowbrow, but we're back to Tioff's point, we're not a monolith. So I'm answering your question, Dark One, and also presenting a challenge with getting to the solution. And the challenge is if we look to rebrand, you know, or we look to reconstruct how we're portrayed, we have to make room for those who don't fit in the Clara Huxtable, you know, um, a trope. We have to. We have to make room for that, and that room is what I think Tyler Perry has done, right? So that he does have some movies that are more appealing to me. I watched. Um, Why did I get married? Would I watch Medea Goes to Jail? Probably not, <laughs> right? So um, I'm answering your question by saying, Dark One. I think in in so much as we can pontificate around a solution, we also have to make sure there's room for. Well, is the solution making sure that we all look beautiful and grand? Because there are some aspects of our culture, black and brown communities, that ain't so grand, right? So I'll leave it there. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point and and very valid, very valid. Um, I think we do, we do need to have a full spectrum of of representation within our rebranding efforts so that we can accommodate everyone. What I, what awesome. I'm looking to get at is what do we think are some of the key areas that we should address? And, and keeping in mind that, that diversity of representation and diversity of situations that people of color have. Can I chime in on that? So for me, like the first thing, the cause of it is racism and white supremacy. That's number one. Number two, the reason why we continue to perpetuate these negative images of ourselves is because we have internalized racism. That's number two. Number three, I think one of the ways that we deal with that is how we spend our money. Because if, we, if we're talking about like entertainment, how we're portrayed in the media, that's all about money. People are gonna do what sells. If we really want to change things, those of us who really care, maybe we're outweighed by those who don't. Like what Luna mom mentioned like, well, maybe everybody doesn't want the cerebral stuff and they just want the lowbrow entertainment because it's funny, whatever. So it's like, that's what we're up against. Is it enough of us versus them? And I hate to make it like us versus them, but it really is a question of how many of it is us that want to see that change or are willing to affect it by how we spend our money and not spend our money to put pockets of the people who's making the negative images or buying their products and to circle back to something that Helber said earlier, you know, is someone like 50 Cent responsible 
people like 50 Cent, Ice Cube, you know, they, they're like hip hop icons, whatever, term, term businessmen, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're trying to make their money and a part of it that's left out of it. Yes, they are going to contribute to the negativity because they're getting paid. But we also have to remember people like they support Donald Trump. So that says something, you know, these big upper, you know, hip hop moguls, a lot of them support Donald Trump. <laughs> So what is that telling you? Like Ice Cube's business partners, friends with Steve Bannon. So how much are they for us, really? Yeah, and I think that goes back to what Ildris was saying earlier, Tioff, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Ildris. It's, it's going back to, are we, are we the producers and consumers? Because we're not just the consumers. There are, there are yeah. people of color who are also the producers of, of material that isn't always... Um, high in nutritional content, right? So right. yeah, yeah. Um, going back to again, going back to my original point, what I was saying is it's a supply and demand country. And what are we as POC truly demanding as far as how we're represented? Again, I, I don't know, but I would say if you were to ask Tyler Perry, he would say, yeah, I created a market that people were demanding, that people were asking for, as far as in the world of theater and film and television, which, as you said, Luna, kudos to him. But some people will feel that it's representative of them. Some people won't, in terms of us as Black people. Um, to the other movies and sitcoms that I've referenced, like 50 Cent's, I think what he is doing is supplying what, at least from what I see in the world around me, is being demanded. If people didn't like it, people wouldn't watch it. He, it would, they would be canceled. But the shows that he produces have been on for years now because it's the demand for it. The same goes with the 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 sitcoms about the the trope of four black girlfriends. I think it's it's a demand for that. Um, I was having a discussion with some peers and, and they were saying, you know, how come there isn't a show with just like four black men um, that are friends, the same trope, but using men instead of women. And what was said was, well, <laughs> women would say it's boring because men aren't as dramatic. And there was that Kevin, um, <laughs> Kevin Hart special Ildris. Not special, but remember when he had was it come on the Hollywood? Well, I think it was called the Hollywood Dads. I think something. Yeah, like I that? think it was more of a comedy though, wasn't it? Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Got it. Yeah, I think it was more of a comedy. Just just us existing, like a like a girlfriend, like an insecure. But, but we need that. We need that for black men. Right, right. So, so yeah, yeah. But what was said was, what was said was that maybe uh, who said it was being facetious, but what was said was, well, black women would say it's too boring because it's it's no drama and then black men would say a show about four black men that are close to each other they must be gay <laughs> so so it's like and, and like i said maybe the person was being facetious but i think they made a good point it's like what are we truly demanding because again what what are we as black men demanding as far as how we're represented what are we as black women demanding as far as how we're represented why is Real Housewives of Atlanta is so popular. Are, are we and, even demanding anything though? I think so though. And, 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 right. and that's a good question, but my answer to that would be yes. It, it's how, what we're demanding. It's how what are we we're demanding, demanding it. 
How are we demanding it? Is what when I, I say come to mind. When I say demanding it, I mean from from a from a business consumerism, which this nation is revolving around. Perspective. So there's a demand for it. Is there, maybe a better there, way to... to consume something. Yeah, I think first there's a demand for it, and then the fact that we're consuming it is why it's continuing to be produced. But so I... when I when I hear the the comments from all of you really on it and, and you know, other parts of this conversation, I get a kind of chicken and egg sort of dynamic where, yeah. uh, as you know, where we, we are programmed to consume something and as a result, we consume it. And so I think there needs to be a breaking of that paradigm, you know, breaking of that cycle in order for us to change the result. And so it sounds like shifting the demand from what is unhealthy for us to, to what is more empowering for us is a is a big part of changing that dynamic. What are your thoughts on that? I, I'd agree, uh, Dark Juan. And, and here's here's where it gets tricky for me. I don't like, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I do not like Real Housewives of fill in the blank, whether it's Atlanta or whatever the city they're in. I don't like it because of what I mentioned earlier, the NLP. Right? I don't want that imagery of black uh, women or black and brown women fighting the violence. I don't like that. I don't even like when I hear women on these shows calling each other the B-I-T-C-H word. I'm like, when did that become hip? <laughs> you know, so I don't watch it. I don't watch it for that reason. But I'm gonna tell you this, when I see previews and I see, oh my God, look at that outfit. I'm drawn into the the, the aesthetics of these women. They're always well-dressed, hair done, you know, flawless makeup. And as a woman, especially a woman who's stepping more into my femininity, I love that. You know, it's like, I, I, I wish I could buy those clothes, not from a place of like, oh, I want to have designer brand, but it, you know, I'm, these women have different body shapes and I'm like, oh, I can see myself in that outfit. That would be cute on me. And so there's, there's a part of me that is drawn to the aesthetics of the programming, just not the content, but watch this. Y'all not ready for this. Let me correlate this now back to music. How many of us have said, I love that beat. Never mind that she, the, the rapper, be it a male or female, is talking about um, completely disrespecting a love interest, for example, right? But we love that beat. So it gets tricky, Dark Juan, because when we talk about negative imagery, it gets mixed up. I, I, I still want to go to that Jay-Z lyric where he says the pain and the hurt gets mixed up, the allure of the game, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say it gets mixed up where some of the beauty that we love, I, I love seeing women well-dressed. I love seeing women with flawless makeup. I'm like, oh, I could learn. I could try to do some makeup tricks, but I don't like the content. I love a good beat, but I don't like the content. So that's where it gets tricky. Interesting. Yes. Um, so the content is critical. It's not so much the method of delivery. It is about the content. So we have to change the content that is in demand, even though we are programmed to want something else. That's a really, that's a real challenge. It's probably why it's perpetuated so long and, and seems like it's growing, you know, this, this unhealthy popular culture. How do you get a child to eat beans, Dark One? You smother it with, uh, uh, or, or not beans, but any type of vegetable. I don't know if I said greens or beans, but for me, how did, how did mom get me to eat broccoli? She would smother it with some good old cheddar cheese, right? So it's that idea that what you're consuming may not be 100% toxic. There's just enough elements that are, or there's enough elements that are attractive that may bring in viewership or listenership. Yeah, to make it palatable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, I, that I agree with. 
So we have to flip that around. We have to deliver positivity with with the a, in, in a package that is familiar to them in terms of how or us in terms of how we're programmed. I think Lauren Hill had a had a line about that about throwing in you know a certain word so that the ignorant people would hear her. That's what it sounds like. We have to flip the script, basically. Or Kirk Franklin with gospel music that is rich in content. And you and, and at the same time, Kirk understands, well, if if I want a, a, a larger audience, a larger listenership, I'm going to have to incorporate some more modern instrumentation, if you will, to borrow from Jill Scott, right? <laughs> you can't we can't just use the church organ as the as the background for the music, right? So so again, going back to Ildris's point, we are we're in so much as we're consumers, we're also producers in some regard. I agree. Great points, guys. Yeah, definitely. So I know we're getting close to the end of our time here together today. Um, just want to circle the room and, and see if anyone has any last thoughts on what we've discussed today. And, um, and really just uh, with a focus on how we move forward as people of color towards our goals. So um, I'm going to check in with T off first and see uh, what your thoughts are on what we discussed today and, and where you would like to see us as people of color go in the future with our branding. I really, what I would like to see us do in the future with our branding is more people who have that positive mindset being producers and that's the issue it's like those of us who are producers they keep producing the negative content but and i just feel like they're outweighed by those who want to produce the good content it's like we can complain about our images and how we portray but at what point do we do we really take control and be the ones to produce we can't Hollywood has already shown us that they're not going to portray us in a positive light. So beyond Tyler Perry or the Tyler Perrys of the world, like at what point do we take the reins and produce the images we want to see for ourselves? Great point. Um, do we, you know, do we even feel that that's our responsibility is, is what always comes to my mind, you know? Um, are we just trying to make money or do we feel that that's that's a part of our calling, you know, as, as producers. So, um, yeah, I think it's a question we, we need to get answered or need to become more clear on. Ildris, do you have any thoughts on, on what we've discussed here today and where you would like to see us go in terms of our branding as people of color? Yeah, I think what I'm left with is just um, we as people of color are... are like a well-balanced meal, you know, there's a little bit of everything and it's, it's all should be eaten or consumed in a way. But I feel it's important to, at the very least, be honest about how we're branding ourselves and then work on being balanced in how we brand ourselves and what we consumed. And if we get to that point, we'll be better than we ever have. The interesting point you made about being honest with ourselves. Do you feel like we're being dishonest with ourselves now? And kind of in which ways? I think all of us have a tendency to be. I think uh, depending on how you see yourself, you kind of want to see more of that and less of anything else. And I think, like, again, like I said, the, the beautiful thing about us is that it is so many different stories and so many different portrayals and and so many different truths that we just really need to find a way to be honest about all of it and then be balanced as far as what we produce and what we consume 
No, yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I get what you're saying. We all have our innate biases towards what we want to see and what we think is good. So yeah, that's a great point as well. Uh, Luna Ma, what are your thoughts on what we've discussed here today and where you want to see us go as people of color in terms of our branding? First of all, Darquan, just great job um, getting us questions um, on 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 the on the table that were were fun to dissect. So wonderful job hosting today. And you know, I the panel has said a lot of things that I I I agree with. And you know, as far as the consumer versus producer portion of this discussion, I want to definitely shout out a few producers that I think are getting it right. So there's uh, Kinta, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, Kinta Brunson, a comedian who, who is the creator of Abbott Elementary, a very diverse cast, right? Very um, uplifting um, material. And maybe uplifting isn't necessarily the word I'm reaching for, but it's wholesome material. I could watch it with my mom. I could watch it with a child and still feel comfortable, right? But it's a really, in my opinion, it's a really good program. Abbott Elementary. There's Tamron Hall. Um, I was introduced to Tamron Hall when she was on, on the investigative Discovery Channel. Very dark material when you're talking about crime. But now she has a, a, a talk show and a platform that is so that's uplifting. <laughs> when I watch her program, I feel uplifted and I feel inspired. Um, there's Issa Rae, as we mentioned earlier, you know, having a program that addresses some topics that often get stepped over when it comes to Black men, mental health, um, climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, one of her main characters, the character's name is Lawrence, was out of out of work for a, a good period of time and then found his way in corporate America. And, and, and we see him in designer <laughs> designer suits towards the end of the uh, towards the end of uh, of Insecure. Um, Tyler Perry, you know, Ildris talks about balance. I, I do also want to acknowledge Tyler. Again, there's some material that Tyler produces that I will never watch if someone paid me. And then there's other material that I'm like, OK, Tyler, this <laughs> this is worthwhile watching. Um, and then finally, Dark One, just because, I, you know, we're here in Atlanta, some of the cast members, I got to go back to when you were talking about branding. Um, I, I think about the Atlanta Braves. And those of you who live here in Atlanta, you know that uh, the Braves won the series yeah, in, the in yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, in November of this of, of last year, excuse me, November of 2021. Well, I don't know about you, but I cringed when local uh, Atlantans were interviewed and they were doing the toma tomahawk chop, right? And we know that that is offensive to the Native American culture. We know that that's a reference to the former practice of scalping. Right. And so um, when, when you talked about branding earlier and we were throwing out a couple of uh, brands, uh, the, the, uh, the um, Atlanta Braves come to mind, the Tomahawk Chop just it, it, it made me cringe when in 2021 I was still seeing people do that. And I get it. There was excitement. The Braves, they won. Yay. But, you know, where was the sensitivity in that regard? So in closing, Dark One, I would just hope that we are, you know, social responsibility, as Tioff alluded to, you know, as far as reprogramming and us just being sensitive in the way that we communicate to others um, relative to uh, imagery that we've seen um, and how we communicate with ourselves relative to imagery that we've seen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, yeah, my, my closing thoughts on this conversation this is a great conversation. I really enjoyed myself, uh, enjoyed the conversation today. And, I'm, and I've learned a lot from your um, perspectives too, which is really the best part. In thinking about how our uh, visualization and, and media programs us, it really, you know, what I've learned from you that I really am I'm going to continue thinking about as I go forward is how do we break that cycle of 
our programming, creating the demand for more programming that is, uh, you know, detrimental to our evolution as a society, as people of color, you know, and I think, I think that is the critical point. We have to break that cycle. Um, and we have to, you know, I, and I think the vehicle that, that you mentioned, Lunama, of um, kind of putting, you know, cheese on the broccoli uh, is the way that we, ha- we probably want to start that transition. We have to, you know, put in a little bit of that, that sweet stuff on top of what we don't want um, in order to begin shifting it, you know, 80, 20, 70, 30, 60, 40, to the point where we get a, a balanced meal. You know, to uh, reference Ildris, I, I think, and I've always thought this about our popular culture and our media is we do need to see that full diversification of, of uh, roles for people of color. You know, I, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm a science fiction fan. I want to see more people of color in science fiction. You know, we want to see people of color in all the different wide range of roles in different types of movies, different genres of movies. You know, I I like us because we get to see people of color in horror movies now. Doing one well opens the door for many others to come through that door and do well. So I've seen Tyler Perry's horror movie, although I would never watch any of the other ones that I don't like. So, and I thought it was pretty good. We have to continue. I don't know if I've seen that. Which movie was that? Uh, It was a movie with Felicia Rashad. Uh, I forget the name of it now, but she was the mother protecting her son. But yeah, she she was really diabolical. So yeah, it was a good movie. You're referring to Black Box. It was excellent. Okay. Fall from Grace. I'm going to have to check that out. Fall from Grace. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be it. So, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was way yeah. off. Sorry. Yeah. But overall, yeah, we, we want to see, you know, we want to see people of color in all these different roles and not just the stereotypical ones. So uh, we're, where we have the power to produce those sort of, that sort of media, uh, I think that is integral. Uh, and, and again, maintaining that awareness of, of breaking that bond, breaking that cycle. So thank you all for listening today. Hope you all have a great rest of your day and we will you'll hear from us again soon.